baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 614 and a half. Tommy Tucker, WWL. Finally Friday morning. Glad to be here. 58 degrees for a high today. Chilly start, bit warmer tomorrow, partly cloudy, highs of 66, 80% chance for rain on Sunday, highs of 68. And then we kind of warm up for next week, get more toward the average temperatures in the upper 60s or near 70. Good day to sit inside, watch football on Sunday, and you'll have something to watch. Mike Dettelier joins us now, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Tommy. You pumped up? You ready for the weekend? Yeah, I'm always ready because I know uh... – you know, football comes to an abrupt end. It does. You know, there's there already no more college football, and um, you just got three more games of the NFL. That's it. It's so short, it seems like. Every year, it, we talk about training camp, then before you know it, the holidays are gone, and here we are at the playoffs. And uh, Yeah, the, the one good thing, the NFL stretches this out, and they they do a really nice job of it. Because it's also the intrigue of the offseason. I think when um, free agency kicked in for NFL players, it, it brought a new element to it. That uh, what can you do in the offseason to get your team better uh, to possibly be a playoff team or a Super Bowl team? It really opened up that door. And uh, not only for players, uh having sort of some power here to maneuver around as a free agent, but coaches do uh, the ability to move around. Now, if, if you're running a front office or a team, it's maybe not the greatest thing in the world to you, but uh, we, we see how the NFL milks this, and they do a really nice job of it because once the season ends, then it, it – quickly turns to uh, the NFL combine, uh, the workout of college players entering the NFL, free agency, the draft, uh, the, the workouts of the offseason, and you got about a month where there's not a lot of news from the NFL. But they run this for 11 months of the year. It's, know, it's really remarkable uh, how they could milk it to the bitter end. And I do think eventually you, what you'll see is the NFL probably go to an 18-game season mm-hmm. and move this where Super Bowl Sunday won't be in early February but more in later February, and you'll have it almost basically 12 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to that as long as they don't – it doesn't um... – 
doesn't any further dilute the product. You know, one thing I can't get out of my mind, Mike, is you got 14 teams in the playoffs, and when it's all over, 13 of them are going to be sitting down saying, what can we do to be better next year? Now, the Saints are also sitting down saying, what can we do to be better next year? But those seven teams are going to have obviously a different set of concerns, but maybe a, a less serious set of concerns. They're in a better position than are the Saints. And I guess what I'm trying to say in my own clumsy way is it makes me realize that the Saints got a road to travel. They sure do. And you see every year probably five, maybe six new playoff teams every year. Mm -hmm. And so some of those playoff teams this year you're not going to see next year. It's just it's the ever-changing world of pro football. Uh, where it's a little bit more of the same old, same old in college football. Every once in a while, you have a team breakthrough like TCU did this year. Or even Tulane. Yeah, or what you saw with Tulane. Mm -hmm. But it's really kind of the same teams. Now, different players, different assistant coaches, uh, most of the time the same head coaches. Uh, But uh, that sort of changes, too. And doesn't college football look like a mirror image of the NFL today? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, changing players, transfer portals, being able to move from team to team, coaches jumping from one team to the next. And so um, everybody sort of looks the same today. It is the mirror. It is. We're going to take a break. we come back. We'll talk about the game. I also want to talk about not just the games this weekend, but – the Sean Payton thing, to me, just from a public relations standpoint, um, the longer the Sean Payton thing goes on, the the more what's how can I phrase this, Mike? I know the Saints have a hand in this because of what the what compensation they receive, but I'm starting to like Sean Payton less and less. Does that make sense? Is that just an emotional thing or not? Because you go back and you look at what he left and what he accomplished, and then compare it to Mike McCarthy, like some people have done, and. You know, I don't really care if he gets $20 million or not. I just care what the Saints get because he, he left and now he's on his own and I don't really care what happens. Is that um, the way you feel is starting to get that no, way? Your, your sentiment is what I hear a lot today. Okay. All right. So you, you aren't the only one that feel that way. And, you know, I think for Saints fans, their deal is, hey, listen, make your deal with somebody and the Saints get compensation. Uh, because the only card the Saints have in their – uh, kind of uh, hand right now is compensation card mm-hmm. because the other teams looking for head coaches and Sean hold the cards. They got some people who are hard headed. They don't believe that the Saints hold all the cards. Well, if they 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 can tell him where he can't go. Mm-hmm. Well, why did they give him permission to go talk to the Carolina Panthers who are in the NFC South just like them? You yeah. know because they they're looking for. What they can get back in return, that's the only card they have is the compensation card. The other cards are held by the other teams looking for head coaches and Sean himself. And Sean could say, you know what, Uh, I didn't get what I wanted. I maybe didn't get the offer I wanted. I'll go back to Fox. What do the Saints get out of it for 2023? Nothing. Nothing. And and how long does that go into the future where the Saints get compensation? Forever? Is it a year? Like after no, one two years more year. Ago? One more year with it. And then nothing. Right? Bingo. All right. All right. Let's take a break. We'll pick it up here. We come back. And I'm not trying to um, 
oh, how can I say this delicately, uh, denigrate the history of Sean Payton, but the fact of the matter is he did leave when it was opportune for him. He did leave a mess behind, and now the Saints are dealing with that. But I guess that, again, is the nature of the game and the nature of the business. Mike Detelier, our guest, WWL NFL analyst, co-host of Sports Talk. Back in a flash, again, any questions, the Oakland Jeweler Talk and Text Line is open, 504-260-1870. Right now it's time for Traffic on WWL. 627, Tommy Tucker, WWL, Friday morning, January 27th, talking to Mike Dettelier, co-host of Sports Talk NFL analyst. Mike, you know the Super Bowl, and I'm not trying to, again, dog Sean Payton or anything, but that's 14 years ago, and, uh, you know, it was a hell of an accomplishment, and we'll forever remember, but that was a long time that he was with the Saints that really we didn't get another taste of it, and a lot of teams that happens, I understand that, look at Buffalo and so forth. And at first, I didn't want him in the NFC South, but now I'm thinking, you know what? If it's more compensation, let him go to Carolina and then beat his behind twice a year, right? Well, he, he won't be in Carolina because they hired Frank Wright. Oh, I didn't and hear that. So the, and so, yeah, he, uh, Frank got the uh, job yesterday. Um, the one thing with Tepper, uh, the owner of the Panthers, uh, he had initially sort of played footsie with the big-name guys, with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan and with Sean, and, you know, he's worth estimated about $25 billion. So money wasn't going to be the issue here. But there's uh, Hank Stram was the first one to tell me about this. When he worked at WWL, he took over for Mike Ditka doing some of the casino shows at that time. Who was that? And then we had Dick Vermeil. Oh, Vermeil. Uh, Dick Vermeil also said it to us last year. Uh, that uh, the dirty little secret in the NFL is that a lot of times uh, people have an interest in you, but when the general manager doesn't have a tie to you and this big-name coach comes walking in, he fears for his job. Mm -hmm. So he wants to have insulation. And so while, you know, maybe the owner likes you, uh, the general manager and you maybe, hey, you might be the guy next to be leaving if he has great success. And uh, Stram told me that, you know, he gets fired in Kansas City. Uh, two or three owners call him. Hey, Hank, we, we got interest in you. He said, never heard back from him. So he spent a year in television at CBS. He comes back the next year and he said, my name gets brought up for every job that was open. And he said, to a certain extent, that was true. Uh, but people would call me and talk to me and stuff like that. You see, you know how many offers I got? One. Mm. The Saints. John Meekham hired me. Uh, but he said I probably talked to a dozen different people. Everybody was sort of insulated. Uh, and Vermeil said a very similar story. Remember, he retired. Right. He had a little burnout. Retired in Philly. He was 15 years out of the league. And, until he came back and he coached with the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Rams, Rams excuse me. And won a Super Bowl. And, and, yeah, and he made a Super Bowl run with them. And so it, it goes to show you a little bit that it, I knew it wasn't going to be easy uh, because I knew how this league works behind the scenes. If you don't have a tie with Sean, if I bring him in, guess who might be gone? Me. Yep. 644-16 before 7, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Mike Detelier about the uh, Saints NFL. We'll get to the playoffs in a second. Another NFL team wants to interview one of the Saints 
top defensive coach uh, coaches. What is the co- coaching staff so far, Mike? What kind of changes have we seen, either with going to other teams that want them, or we don't want them anymore? Well, the the only one we know about is Dan Rauscher mm-hmm. uh, being released, uh, who was the running game coordinator, uh, tight ends coach, uh, but. Uh, Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard have both had uh, multiple interviews uh, for a defensive coordinator position. So um, uh, that's part of the offseason. Uh, nothing stays the same. Uh, it's, it's a constant movement. Uh, if you think the radio TV business has movement, man, assistant coaches in college and pro football, man, you got <laughs> there, you got some real movement. Uh, it's a commuter world for them. Yeah, and it is. And you're a, almost like in the military, Tommy, to be honest. Yep, and it is a club, too, Mike. Like, I'm looking at the Frank Reich hire. When you're in, you're in. Yeah, and, and I knew Frank would get another chance. I did not think it would happen in Carolina, though. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know what they wanted more from Steve Wilkes to do than what he did. He was a one-time head coach with the Cardinals one year, and then he got fired. He comes in a bad situation with Carolina, a team in free fall. Then they deal off Christian McCaffrey, and he put his team, now again, it was the NFC South, but he's put his team back in a position uh, to make a run to win the NFC South at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, But it wasn't the big, I think Tepper wanted somebody that he felt uh, had been there, done that. And Wright does have, you look at his, you know, he won a lot of games in Indianapolis, but how it fell apart for him uh, late uh, last year, uh, the final game of the season, all they got to do is get a win, get into the playoffs against, at that time, was the worst team in the NFL, Jacksonville, and they lose. And then in this offseason, man, it was a big-time cluster. And you had Jimmy Ursay get involved. <laughs> uh, Jimmy's, uh, uh, you know, he's a multi-billionaire, but he's eccentric. Uh, he does things his own way, and he meddled and got involved and said, you know what, I want Matt Ryan. Get rid of Carson Wentz. And it was not Frank's decision to bring in Matt. That was a Jimmy Ursay decision. And when the owner says do it, now, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of people on Sports Talk, they'll respond back or they'll text, well, I tell my boss what to do. Oh, Yeah. Uh, how long you keep that job? You might think it. Uh, there ain't a lot of people like that. You you might suggest something to him, but most of the time the boss says, "This is what I want to do." That's what happens. If you're really smart, end, you give him an idea and make him think it's theirs. Exactly. That, if you're really smart, idea. Yeah, exactly. Then you wind up keeping your job. I think this weekend, Mike, we're going to wind up seeing a rematch after when all is said and done. Of uh, I guess it ha- it's happened what twice before San Francisco playing Cincinnati in '82 I think it was and then again maybe '89 I don't know if they had any yeah more it was '82 uh, uh, it was the run the first run for San Francisco they get into the Super Bowl with Bill Walsh mm-hmm. and that team basically was carried uh, with Joe Montana on offense. And they had Fred Dean and Ronnie Lott on defense. Ronnie was a rookie that year because really it was the 81 season. They played the game in 82. And then it was Walsh's final game uh, when they played and, and beat him. Um, you know, and uh, i never forget they did the Disney World. I'm going to Disney World. Mm. 
uh, with Boomer Esiason mm. on the sidelines, and Montana brings him back, and he throws a touchdown pass, a little skinny post to John Taylor. Uh, to win it, you know, so they didn't get to use that uh, well, going to he, Disney World stuff. With, well, hope, uh, he eventually, with hope he eventually got there. What do you see happening this weekend, Mike? Let's start with the first game, which is the AFC, uh, NFC championship game, rather. Wait, I had the schedule open just now. I have that backward or not? No, that's right. First one is the NFC championship. Uh, Two o'clock kick, uh, San Francisco and Philadelphia. I like Philly here. Um, uh, I thought they were the best team in the NFC all season long until they got some injuries late in the year. <clears throat> but you saw, man, they cranked up the truck uh, uh, last Saturday against the Giants. And uh, offensive, I, I'm a big believer in, yeah, you have to have the quarterback, but I'm a big believer in who wins at the line of scrimmage. And I see the Eagles. I think they have the best offensive line in pro football. Their defensive line, they got more sacks and about 15 over any other team in the NFL last this past season. And so, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Eagles. So I think why, they have. Let me, I was uh, Jalen Hurts, to why, me, is the difference maker. That That's what I was going to ask you. Why is San Francisco not good enough to beat uh, the Eagles? Because quarterback to quarterback, it is going to come down to, you think? Yeah. And, I, man, you know, Jalen made so uh, when he was at Alabama, he was a one read take off with it downfield, and how he's progressed uh, as a passer, you just see in him his confidence. and And I give Nick Sariani a lot of credit. They've really worked with him on his timing passes and his ability to roll out and throw off the run. Uh, he does that really well now, and he's built like uh, like a fullback. Oh, if you stand up next to Jalen, man, from the waist down, he's pieced together. I mean, he's a guy that is really strong, and he's got some power throws. I'll never forget it at the Manning Passing Academy, Peyton working with him because he would throw the ball off his tippy toes, and Peyton was like, plant your feet, plant your feet uh, to throw. And yeah, and he does it today. He really does. So Mike, I, I give it to the Eagles uh, over San Francisco in a very close game. Quick yes or no? Do they cover the two and a half? Yeah. Okay. Cincinnati, Kansas City. When we come back, Tommy Tucker talking to Mike Detelia here on WWL. Time for traffic. Six fifty-six, four till seven. Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Mike to tell you about the AFC NFC Championship games. Mike's already said he likes Philadelphia to cover the two and a half. I like San Francisco with the two and a half. Mike, not really Philadelphia weather in January, man. Highs in the mid fifties, perfect for football. Cincinnati at Kansas City, no precipitation, but highs in the mid twenties. What you see going down here? Well, I am betting against Joe. Um, mm-hmm. Put it to you that way. There you go. Uh, this was a much tougher pick for me, uh, just because Kansas City. Now Mahomes, again, the degree of how much that ankle will bother him, which I think it will. Uh, listen, you you have that type ankle injury, you can say what you want during a week, and you can take it medication, but it still hinders you. He has done uh, a hell of a job of. Making it seem though as though it's no big deal. Like, oh, nothing's wrong. He gets nothing's an Academy wrong. Award for that. He really does. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know what? Cincinnati has really played well, and I'm so impressed with their defense and and what they've been able to do to adjust to teams situationally 
uh, after halftime and also kind of clear up some things maybe they had trouble with in the first half of games. Uh, Joe and, and that offense is going to put up points. And, and Kansas City's secondary, which is really young, has been picked on. And I think they, they're going to end up with the W here. The other part about it is they've beaten Kansas City three straight games. Mm-hmm. I do know one thing. Everybody in Kansas City was pulling for Buffalo last oh, week. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want to see the Bengals again. Comes down to matchups, I'm like. <laughs> it right? is about matchups, yep. and I can't explain why. Some teams don't play good against another team, but we see it all across the sports world. And for whatever reason, the Chiefs, uh, the Bengals have their number. And so, you know what? I think they make it four in a row. And Cincinnati ends up beating Kansas City in a tight game. And what we got here? Two and a half again. I got on Cincinnati last week when uh, when they when they, they were the underdogs yeah. to start. And then, then they became favorites. And then Patrick And Mahomes, now Kansas City's the favorite right. again. Patrick Mahomes does his Academy Award. Um, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep that acting up on the field. I really don't. I think it's going to affect him. I like Cincinnati as well here. So I'm looking at a Cincinnati-San Francisco Super Bowl. Mike's looking at a Kansas City – no, at a Cincinnati-Philadelphia Super Bowl, which has never happened. For the yeah, Phillies win the three Super Bowls. They beat New England. They lost to the Raiders here. That was a yellow ribbon around the Dome game, right? Yeah, it was the hostages from Iran got mm-hmm. released. Yeah, yes. sure enough. Big, giant yellow ribbon. Go ahead, Mike. Final thoughts. Yeah, and, and so, well, again, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, if you bet against him, uh, you know, come playoff time, you, you're not winning a lot of money. Put it to you that way. How about overs and unders in either game? Uh, I think I think it's about right, to be honest with you. The big prop bet is look at how many catches the tight ends have because that, those are areas, Kittle for San Francisco – Oh, who I think is going to put up nice numbers. Also, Travis Kelsey uh, uh-huh. with uh, Kansas City. I think it's six plus. Uh, man, uh, he's going to catch over seven passes uh-huh. uh, in this game. Got you, Mike. Thank you a lot. Have a great weekend watching the game. We'll talk to you Monday morning. All right. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you bet. it. Are you working this afternoon or not? I didn't see the. Yeah, it's right. uh, Deuce and I and uh, A Bear this afternoon. We'll be listening. We'll be listening. Sports Talk WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.